Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, some of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. Who are the renegades? The renegades are the bad guys who are trying to sneak through the bits of the veil and make things... As I roll up the window to close the window. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's obvious, but I like where your head's at at least, you know. I'm good. It came to a head. You guys you guys faced each other down. That's I feel good. good about it. So just so that everybody knows, I'm taking the tension trait off the table. They both used the die. They both confronted each other. And somehow, like friends do, we're moving past that piece. Dude, your dad could be like, like Viking James Bond or something. Okay, you that's- sound ridiculous right now, T, but I appreciate where your head's at, so... That is the most T thing that T could have said right there. I'm also going to um, wipe, cut us, and I'm going to take the shroud trait off the table and move you guys to another location. Where are you? We're at T's place because we didn't want to go to my house for reasons. Because <laughs> it might get weird. So when you walk in, T's parents are cleaning up the kitchen. It's the weekend and they're just kind of puttering around the house. And they're like, oh, they're like, hey, you brought friends home. Yeah, we've uh, we went out and about. We need to sit and talk uh, guardian stuff, you know. Oh, absolutely. And T's mom comes up and gives you a hug and she's like, how are you doing? Hello, Mrs. Zircon. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Narrator voice. He was not fine. He looks over his dad. You know, Gunny's are one of our newer members. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very nice to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Zircon. Oh, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Like she comes over and gives you a hug. Thanks. So if you want to go up to your room, that's fine. T's dad comes out and he's like, hey, can I fix up some snacks for you guys? Can I bring you some sandwiches or something? It seems like you got some important work to do. My stomach starts grumbling because we haven't eaten all day. You haven't eaten all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, please, dad. That'd be wonderful. I'll whip something up. Thanks. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll bring some stuff up for you. Got some sandwiches and I'll put something together. Thank you, Mr. Zircon. My dad and mom are kind of competitive cooks just with each other. Okay. Friday evenings in here are like an, like an episode of Chopped. It's pretty fun. Do they use weird ingredients that they surprise each other with? Yes. That is weird. Cut to you guys sitting up in T's room. So T, tell us again, because we, we talked about it in story one, but what does T's room look like? It's kind of a disaster, right? He's got a big screen TV with his gaming platform. He's got a separate desk with his laptop hookup to his full console. Bed with posters on both walls with all sorts of punk bands. He's got the LED multicolored lighting around the room, a whole bookshelf full of books, including a bunch of newer looking like textbooks that look like they've actually been used. The one thing he does have, though, is like there's no clothes lying around. All that stuff is still neat. He keeps his room clean because, you know, his family. And there's plenty of chairs and things like that lying around. Probably a beanbag in one corner that he just kind of collapses into. And uh, he invites you guys in. And So this is weird. Why is it weird? I don't know. It's just still trying to wrap my head around the thought that my dad is still alive out there somewhere. You manifested powers late because somebody hid your powers. My girlfriend is dead and part of her soul's inside of me. I thought she wasn't dead. Mostly dead. She's missing. She's not. She's here and somewhere else. So I guess part of her is missing? I don't know. This is now confusing. And then your dad is now some sort of like working with my dad on something that we don't know about. I mean, it seems par for the course for our lives right now. Yeah. Pause for a second. Just asking a question, a GM to player. You're not confused that Mesame is in two pieces right no okay no, i'm just fine i you said it and i was like oh i just want to make sure that no no okay, i, I, I totally get it they, yep. they questioned me when i said something in character and, and silas is just silas hasn't had a good time yet yeah his life has been kind of a trash fire i'm gonna take it off pause go ahead let you go go back so yeah there there you go that's i mean i don't know that we're in in a weird space any weirder than i've been for the last like month and a half okay fair how you doing life is strange how is your date my date was good. Quick oh, segue. Yeah. Forgot all about that. <laughs> oh, How was Casey? Uh, very nice. We had a nice uh, walk through the Botanical Gardens and got the chat. We're going to have another date uh, probably next weekend. Good call. There's a lot of dirt there. I bet she liked that. Yeah, she noticed that too. You, you didn't plan that? 
no, I just thought it would be a nice place to walk because it's plants and things to talk to. And I'm not real good at talking to, to girls, but if there's plants where I can at least like, say, hey, look at that plant. Plus, there's places you can go and get kind of private. Silas smacks his head. Um, Always have something to talk about in case you don't know what you're talking about. She's also an earth elemental. Well, yeah, she pointed that out. Okay. That, yeah, the dirt, yeah. I gave you more credit than you deserve. I don't think about her as an elemental. I think about her as just being a person. I gave you more credit than you deserve. That's all. That's all. Good job. People do that a lot. Way to luck in. (laughs) Way to back your way into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever ask that D girl out? What now? The healer girl. The girl, D. That's, the girl that's all over Pretty you. Pretty sure her name's D. Yes. Uh, n- no. Oh, okay. Was I supposed to? No, I was just wondering. We talked about it. Been kind of busy. I think she'd be interested in talking to you. I mean, whatever. Sure, that's great. Cool, can we get to business now? Yeah, so, stuff. What do we know about renegades? I dropped the Altoid tin on the, on the ground. So what do we got? What do we, what did you find out about the Altoids? We know about Samia. I yes. ha- she's supposed to text me. Okay. So we can go meet her. Also, when it comes to Morris's death, which mm-hmm. I care very much about, I don't know if you guys care about it. I'm very interested when students die. I mean, if it wasn't just an accident. There's a student at our school named Jenna, and the last person that Morris talked to before Morris walked out and drowned in a pool, which I think is bullshit, because he was a pretty good swimmer and he didn't drink that much, was Jenna, so we could talk to her. I'm going to hit pause. No indication that Jenna's from your school. He mentioned a girl named Jenna. Oh, we don't know who she is? No, not yet. I would have asked him who Jenna is. My assumption was I knew who she was because he mentioned her. He would have told you a friend of Samia's. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, that's that, different. That, that's a pretty important clue there. Yeah. Sorry, okay. man. No, it's all right. Just... When you said talk to Jenna, I thought, you, I thought I knew who she was otherwise. Can I tell you how much I love this pause card? Great, so that right? I could actually just pause and tell you stuff yeah. and then resume? Okay, good. I'm, I'm out. Jenna, who knows Samia, which I don't know her. Interesting. So the drug dealer's friend was the last person to talk to Morris before he mysteriously drowned in the pool. That's what we know right now. Awesome. We should probably find out what these are. My guess is there's some kind of magically jacked stuff. But how? Well, we could ritual it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Yeah. Let's clear. We we clear some stuff out of the center of the room. We can arrange the chairs in a circle, and then we can, we're trying to just to decipher what's in these, and then we analyze. We don't just want to eat one. Probably not a good idea. Oh, no. Definitely. Silas hasn't said yes or no yet. <laughs> Silas is like, no, we're not eating those. Good. Silas is still staunchly a veil person. Yeah. So we can just crush them up, I guess, and crush up a couple. I mean, you can literally just do the ritual on them, like on them. You don't have yeah. to actually bust them up. Oh, I think he has more. We can use these to track to the other ones. Okay. So we can find out where they are and steal them. Tracking magic we've done a couple times now. Yeah, so. I know. Yep. Just connect two things to each other that, mm-hmm. that are set. So we'll start with what are they, then we'll go to the, then we'll do tracking ritual after that. Sure. So I'm going to tell you that the activation for this is going to require a roll. Mm-hmm. Just because a heroic success will definitely tell you more about them. And the effect is, I'm going to tell you some shit about these. I'm going to just produce 2d6. There's nothing about these mints that can protect themselves or anything else. Your house, kind of your place of power, do you want to do it? Actually, for this one, I will, because this is something that you're more, more focused on. I'll do the tracking roll. I'll let you do this one. Sure. Are you sure you don't want to do it? I mean, if you want me to... Let me pause for a second. You look at Silas. Silas doesn't look okay. Like, Silas looks run down, worn out, beat up. Mentally just drained from everything. You know, this would probably be a good opportunity for me to practice another practice run for my ritual magic. So, if you wouldn't mind, I... Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Even better. Awesome. Although, for some reason, you guys see flames dancing and... Silas's eyes now and again. Just gonna keep that to myself for the moment. I'm gonna use mage for this. Oh uh, yeah, mage. I, I can fine. trade out veil for mage in this particular instance because we're still doing magic and geek ten. And we're gonna go with the eight for the distinction. Do we have anything else? I don't think we have anything else. Do you want to spend mana? Uh oh, sure. I can spend mana. That's another eight. Hit me. Just an eight. Damn, I got another one. However. I got a 14. Nice roll. Oh, well, that's a heroic success. Do we, need an, do we, need, we don't need an effect die, right? You do not need an effect die. I'm not going to buy your one because you do strain the veil in the house, but in a few minutes when T's mom comes in, she's just going to make a casual comment like, hey, take it easy on the shroud. <laughs> yeah. But I did get a heroic success. So. You did get a heroic success, so I'm going to tell you some stuff now. Yeah, straining here is not this big of a deal. There's nowhere to see it. Correct. Yeah, that's why I'm not. That's, that's actually why I've chosen not to buy it. Like, 
there's no hard consequence from don't, it. Don't shvet the small stuff. Here's what you learn from it, and then you can share. Mm-hmm. First of all, the mints themselves are actually completely mundane. They are infused with magical essence, and they've been cast by a conceptual mage of knowledge. What they essentially do, and I'll just tell you this mechanically, if you ingest one, it raises your geek and school to a D12 for a scene. Now, for your heroic success, you get a flash in your head. It's like a POV, like you're seeing through somebody's eyes. Okay. It's a room, and you can smell chlorine. It's nice, but it's not like super nice. The floor is uh, wet in places, like you can feel it on your back. You can smell the chlorine, you can't move, and there is a person above you with a gold dagger in their hand, leaning over you and casting some sort of ritual. That's when you come to. What the hell was that? What did you see? You had a, you had a vision, right? Uh-huh. Oh, that was weird. So it was a point of view of laying on a wet floor with a strong smell of chlorine and a person with a dagger leaning over me performing a ritual. Did I get a good look at what the person looked like? You saw the hands and, and the gold dagger, but you didn't see like any face or anything. Masculine hands? I will tell you, yes. The hands are kind of thicker and rougher. Dagger. Was it, was it golden? Yes. Did it have blue stones in it somewhere? That you did not see any blue stones. It looked no. just golden. Just golden. Fuck. Fuck. What's, That's what? the guy. I would bet my application to Yale that it is the guy. How do you know that? Because the guy that got Mesame used a golden weapon with blue stones in the hilt. Interesting. Two questions. One, we were friends with Lowell before. Have those of us who were friends been to his house? Have we seen his pool house? Yeah, I was there the night of the party. If we ask Gunny to describe the, the room, is that the... Yes. Okay. We may have just seen a vision of Morris being killed at the party. Okay, that does not make me feel good at all. That feels like it should be an XP checkoff somewhere. That's a three. I bet that's the guy that got Mesame. Okay. And they got Morris too. I'm going to hit pause. So it's definitely possible it's the guy or definitely possible somehow related to the guy. Sure. Goldblade for sure. It's enough for us to jump to a conclusion. Silas is jumping to the conclusion. Yeah, that's fine. Jump jump away. More importantly, I think we figured out what happened to Morris. Because that was... That was Lowell's place. Also, and this is a thing that you did know, right? Morris was a pretty smart guy. Yeah, Morris. Yeah. 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 So who else was at that party? We find Samia, and then we find Jenna. That's what we do. Yes. Yeah. Or vice versa. We find Jenna and Samia, yeah. Also, the Altoids, mundane, infused with conceptual magic spell of knowledge. Well, that's rightly fucked. Maybe this isn't in our pay grade anymore, but I can't talk to my dad about it. We'll just keep looking into it ourselves. I think that's a good idea. Because it has a lot to do, I think, with Mesame. Okay. T's mom comes in. Oh, looks like you're doing a little ritual. Mm-hmm. How's it going? I look up, I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, you probably have worked up an appetite. I brought some cookies too. I'll just put everything down here. I don't want to, I don't want to step over your circle or anything. Meanwhile, the viewers are starting to see where T gets it from. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, good for you guys. Oh, and don't worry about that strain. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll fix itself in just a few minutes. We'll try not to stretch it anymore. Yeah. No, you guys are doing fine. As are doing fine. I remember my first rituals. Okay. Is there anything else we could find out here? I don't think so. Well, no, we're going to try to track the Altoids. Oh, we can track the rest of the Altoids. Oh, T will get working on that ritual next. He's got some dirt. He'll go over to one of the plants and dig some. Yeah, I don't think we need, I, I'm not going to require a roll for that one. I think that just, that one's going to take a little time. Uh, you cast the other ritual. You have a stone that like does hot and cold mm-hmm. to lead you to the other Altoids. It's more than hot and cold, like it'll actually point you in the direction, but like you have a stone that can now do that. It just takes some time. You two are, you two are basically hanging out. I don't know what you're doing. Like it takes him a while to cast this. I'm going to show because I need a distraction because of all the trash that's going on here. I flip on T's computer and I'm like, okay, Gunny, this is Call of Violence. Let's play a match. You're going to play a match or two. No, it's on the 70 inch TV screen. That's just, that's what it's just there for the gaming chair. Cheers. Gunny, sit here. Okay. I flip on the 70-inch TV screen. God, that's big. You start with the pea shooter, right? It, like, it's just a little gun that shoots like pebbles. This is Call of Violence. <laughs> play, let's play a few matches. Okay. This is like the most teen Children of the Shroud thing I can think of, is that you two are like in the foreground, bathed in the light of the game, and behind you 
is T sitting on the floor with like a set of rocks and dirt casting this ritual over these Altoids. And it's just fine, right? Like it's perfectly normal. There's sandwiches and drinks about. Damn, dude, your reflexes are good. By the way, you probably want to like upgrade now from pea shooter to knife launcher. Okay. Uh, you, you play games to get points to buy upgrades and the upgrades will help you influence your play style. Through like your fourth match or so, by this point, he has the cleaver launcher. Does more damage than the knife launcher, but it doesn't shoot as fast. It's a bitch to reload, but it, it's brutal. They did an amazing job on the physics for this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the cleaver bounce, if it misses, is hell. Like, you really want to be careful where you fire that thing. It's even better when you get the boomerang blade gun. Sure. You have to really not get shot by yourself, though. Terrified at the friggin' chainsaw catapult. Now, oh, yeah. Right? The boomerang blade gun used to be my favorite until they nerfed the magnetic attachment that you could put on there to, like, catch your boomerang blades. <laughs> Pull out my phone. There's a text message from uh, Samia. Yo. I got a text message from Samia. Looking for some of that sweet stuff that you got. I heard. Meet me in Delaware Park, 11 p.m. And gives you like a location. I'll be there. Same deal as Lowell. Talk first. KK. 11 p.m. You want to call your mom? Yeah, staying up late studying on a school night is good, right? Yeah, I mean, why not, right? Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Yeah, your mom's actually cool with this, like... You're with friends and you're studying yeah. and it seems pretty safe. And Studying, not going to a drug deal. What's all that noise in the background? We were taking a break and Silas is playing Call of Violence. It's a video game. Well, I, I hope he invited you to play. Yeah, I played a couple of rounds. <laughs> Have fun. All right. Don't um, worry about it. Love you. All right. We're clear. You guys wind up having dinner at teas. You know, they just put an extra couple plates at the table and it, it's just a circus, right? Between the siblings and his parents and just, you know. There is a lot of people in this house. T, why do you always got to bring your friends around? This is, they're, they're so, well, he's kind of cute. As Amethyst says that she looks a like gunny. Okay. But the other one's a Flameworth. Don't you want to have really cool people in the house? I mean, otherwise we're stuck with your friends. T, you're such a jerk. Hey, listen, I don't pick your friends, you don't pick mine. But I don't bring my friends over all the time for dinner. The one time I bring Gunny over, and that's all the time. No, you can bring him whenever you want. Just leave Silas at home. We don't leave Silas at home. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Come on, T. You know you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. This is also true. So have, have you boys met Casey yet? No. No, we just heard about her. Oh, I know. He's uh, He hasn't brought her over for dinner yet, so. I can't, I can't believe he's, she's still dating him. Usually it's two dates and then they're done. Uh, nothing bad has happened yet. That was, uh, that was two dates, wasn't it? That was, dude, yeah. that was date number two. And they're still together, I guess. I mean, I guess it remains to be seen until three happens. That's true. No offense. I know. Clearly you have a track record. I have, oh, I have a very big track record. Silas so is just eating the food. He's like, I want no part of this conversation. <laughs> hey, my, my mom met Casey, so I mean, that's good enough. Met Casey. I'm the one who introduced him to Casey. Exactly. She's very proud of herself. Silas like looks up at that. He's like, your mom arranges your dates for you? Yes. It's worked well so far. Okay. Is that a thing? God, I hope my mom doesn't do that. She laughs and she's oh. like, it is in our family. Oh, okay. He gets very serious for a second. He's like, I guarantee your parents have probably looking for a proper date for you as well at some point. Not mine. Remember, I wasn't magical. Yeah, you are now, though. Not mine. They never look for a date for me. In fact, you know, I talk to my mom a lot, but my dad is like, I get to have dinner with him like three or four nights a week. And I, you know, sometimes see him here and there and we chat now and again, but it's not like we're really close. I just say that in front of everybody. Yeah, the table gets like awkwardly quiet for All a moment. All of a sudden, T stops for a second realizes what he where this conversation could be going and shifts the conversation shifts over he's like uh so i mean do you meet a lot of people at your at your mom's place gunny i mean we have customers it's a store so like a lot of people from the neighborhood come in isn't like amazon like killing you or wegmans i guess the kids probably go there a lot and shop i know i go in there every once in a while i mean the nice part is that it's so close to the school yeah so you know kids that are walking back and forth from school stop in you know get drinks and snacks and stuff so i mean that's huge part of the business so yeah so like you have like a part-time job i mean yeah i mean it's sort of that's fascinating forced on me it's not by choice i have to help my mom run it because she's just one person she, she can't oh, you're such a sweet boy so how often does t bring his friends over not often enough this is nice i like this what do you do mr zircone i work for the veil oh Cool. 
Yeah, I've seen Mr. Zircone around the offices downtown. He takes care of a lot of the paperwork for the cases my dad gets involved in. Handle more of the administration side of uh, the veil, not so much the enforcement side. That's how we met was that our dads knew each other well enough that there were a couple of gotcha. functions in involved families that we ended up tagging in. I mean, we, neither of us were magical at the time. Yeah, it's nice to go to things with my father. I'm uncomfortable with all the family. I'm going to hit a fade in a second. Mm-hmm. The one thing T is doing, realizing what's happening, he will very conspicuously, even to the point of embarrassing himself, keep the conversation away from Silas's dates. Sure. Because of the MSMA situation. Sure. Like, he doesn't want that rumor. Go- he realizes where that was going. And, and so, like, if anybody brings it up, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I got a date with Casey next week or something like that. Like, every time it comes up, we'll just shift it away from there. Yep, it's fine. Which is funny because you're the one that started it. I know that. Uh-huh. That's what he said. He suddenly realized what he did. <laughs> I'm going to cut to a moment where the kitchen's getting cleaned up. It's Silas bringing in some dishes and T's mom. T's mom's in there, like, helping to, like, you know, get the dishes into the dishwasher and stuff. And Silas is bringing in, you know, more dishes. And you two are, like, helping elsewhere. Oh, I'll take those, hon. No problem, Mrs. Zircon. I just wanted to help a little. Thank you for dinner. Of course. It was delicious. Of course. Oh, thank you. Can I ask you a question as a mom? Sure. How are you doing? Silas just pauses for a very long time. I don't mean to pry. And she just puts the dishes down and kind of like steps closer to you. I know a bit about your situation. Mr. Zircon and your dad are our friends. And so I've heard about your manifestation and everything that's happened recently. Are you okay? I mean, yeah. Like, I always wanted to have magic so that I could be a part of the veil. It's nice. And my father wasn't always there in the last few years because I hadn't manifested, but my mom's always been there for me anyway. Like, it's been fine, and I was planning on just living a normal life. Because you know how we don't always all manifest. No, but a late manifestation can always be a bit jarring, and I know. Know what? And she just reaches out and hugs you. And I'm, like, stunned for a second, and then I slowly reach my arms around her and hug her back. It's going to be okay. I'm not sure what she's hinting at, but man, does it feel good. She just gives you like a real nice mom hug. It's going to be okay, she tells you. Like a little watery-eyed. Thanks. I'm, I'm sure it will be. If you need somebody to talk to, if you're not comfortable at home, or if you don't want to talk to anybody at home, you can always come here. Thanks. And she slides a napkin over towards you and then like picks up the dishes and like turns just gives you like a moment of privacy as she puts some dishes in the dishwasher. Might take the napkin and dab my eyes. Hard cut, Delaware Park. Which is like across the street from my yeah, house. Yeah, it's like literally across yeah. the street from your house. By the way, we're standing in the park at like 11, at like 10, 55 at night. I'm like, hey man, your family's pretty cool. Embarrassingly, like, I, I guess. It's weird having so many people in the house. You should have seen it before we moved here. I shared a room with my brother and my sisters were in a room together. We were on top of each other all the time. Do you like have dinner like that every day together? Whenever all the kids are home. Wow. Whoever's there. My mom kind of has a whoever's in the house gets fed kind of vibe going on. And my dad likes to talk to whomever shows up. My mom doesn't cook much. So like we eat out now and again, me and her, and we go places and we order in. And sometimes we eat around the table, but my dad's usually not around. Well, some, some Sunday or Saturday morning, you should show up for breakfast. They put out a spread that would feed, you know, a small cafeteria. Feed a troll. Because <laughs> they have. Also true. <laughs> yeah. You're always welcome to come over. What's up, nerd pack? Yeah, this girl comes walking up. She's got long black hair. Her family is from Syria. She has a Middle Eastern look about her. She's wearing a jacket because it's it's cold at night and just like a pair of leggings. And she comes like walking up and she's like, which one of you is Silas? By the way, when she says nerd pack, I look I look at Gunny. I'm like, I'm a nerd. You're a nerd. I, I don't know. Are you, you? Do you identify as nerd T? I don't think you do. I'm a punk nerd. Punk nerd. Okay. Does two count as a pack? She like just stares at like the three of you. I'm Silas. I'm usually not thrilled about meeting multiple people, but your recommendation is pretty solid. So what's up? I'm just looking for some more of these. I pull out the tin of Altoids. When she sees the Altoids, her look changes. She was expecting to be dealing you some Ridlin. Mm-hmm. She did not expect to see any of those Altoids show up. She's like, I don't do candy. I'm like more into. I'm more talking about essence infused Altoids that have been illegally gotten by renegades. By the way, my last name's Flameworth. And I whip out my sword. 
Oh, hey, she takes, we're going there? She takes a step back, reaches in, and pulls out a curved longsword. She's like, I don't give a fuck what your name is. She's like, I'm going to send you home in pieces. It may not be as easy as you think. Axe out. He just stands there watching this for a second, then very slowly pulls the sword out so it clacks into place, saying nothing else. So as our instigator of this duel, uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, make our role plus affiliation to see which one of us is going to uh, lead the duel. Geek plus Vale. Samia has a nine total. I got a 13. It is yours. I am um, interested in beating her into the ground to find out what's going on with this situation and who Jenna is. So I yell, you're going to tell me who Jenna is and you're going to tell me what's up with these Altoids. I am obviously angry. So I will use Geek because it's Geek or Jock. So I'll use Geek. This is obviously Vale for D8. And then my distinction is I am the son of a Flameworth and I am acting as a Flameworth would act. There's nothing on the table currently. We're in the park. Is there people around? No, it's no, night, it's, right? it's dark. It, it, it's dark. It's nighttime. It's April. So there wouldn't be anybody really lingering around. It's late. She'd right. not just show up like where people would see what's going on. I'm sitting on 2d6 and a d8 in my mana pool. So I'm deciding if I want to use a mana die. What I'm going to do is disperse the soul of ice into floating shards around me. So my blade thins out and shards of ice start dispersing around me. I start manipulating them so I can use them to reroll an attack or defense roll, which this is obviously an attack roll. Okay. Is that one of your... That's my special effect. Your special what effect. What I don't get is I don't get a mana pool die at the after this roll. Okay. So I'm going to do that. And then on top of that, I will add my D8 mana pool die to attack. I have the attack martial magical effect. Sounds good. So that's how I'm going to set. I currently have a 16. I'm going to reroll the stacks. I said I was doing that. Now I just got a 16. So far to set with a D8 effect. So I leap forward with my blade. It disperses around. I still have a thin blade. And I start engaging her, slashing at her, trying to knock her down because I want to disarm her and you know take her out. Absolutely. Uh, I will assemble Samia's pool. So her difficulty is a D8. She has a distinction for D8, which is what I lack in book. I make up in street smarts. And uh, I'm going to pull the D6 from uh, you being angry as you are being sloppy and aggressive. So I think that's where she's going to go. And I'm going to go with a 3D8 and a D6. Hold on to my mana pool die for this turn. I can beat this with a plot point, which she will. So I will spend a plot point to pull in an extra die. I'm going to pull in this 5, making my 13 into an 18. So you got me, you got, you've set it 18. I don't get a mana pool die. So I'm sitting on 2d6 currently for my mana pool. I'm going to keep going because I'm angry, right? So I just actually pick up a mana die, right? That's yep. my... You get, your, you get a mana die. You can either step one up or pick up a d6. And we're still engaged. We are, in fact, still engaged. Unless somebody wants to spend a plot point to jump in. Because they can. And for the time being, I'm watching Silas work, kind of weighing his demeanor, see where he is. Uh, I'll add a, a mana pool die of d6 into this roll, but it's essentially the same thing. So I won't clog up the airways with my, my pool building. I will... Reroll this die since my special effect is in effect. Good. Here's my 19 with a D4. Oof. I had to spend both plot points to get there. All right, so mathematically, I cannot pull this off without spending a plot point. So I'm going to go ahead and pull a mana pull point in, and I'll go 3D8, 2D6 this turn to beat this 19. I'm not going to spend I am actually shocked that you didn't just accept it and take the D4 stress hit. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was feeling pretty cocky. We're going to live with the consequences, so that's a one. And I cannot. Oh, wait. That's, uh, that's a 14. That'll only get me to a 19. I'm not spending two plot points to try to seal this one up. I will be defeated in this round. So you take D4 stress? Yep. I get another mana pool die, so I have now a D4 in my mana pool to go with my D8. I leap forward, engage with her. There's a, a, a series of slashes. I look angry. There's a little bit, little flecks of fire that dance across my eyes and my skin as I am fighting. And I unleash a pretty overextended strike that works. But you two having been practicing this for a while, especially T realizes like I should be in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah. But I knock her down to one knee and then I jump back, breathing pretty hard at the moment. I'm going to let one of you two jump in. Do you want this gun or you want me to jump in? I'm going to step forward and just point my axe at her. I'm sorry. I don't know what the turn order is right now because we're, we're using action turn order, right? I got to go first because I engaged. I don't know if we should probably roll for initiative for everybody else to decide who actually goes in what order at this point. Since the two of us were engaged in the duel, mm -hmm. these two can take an action. 
Okay. Like, I don't think it has to get more complicated than that right now. Like, sure. Okay. So whoever wants to go, go ahead. Can I create an asset then? Take an action that would create an asset? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will use my sword to create some after images to distract a Samia. So that is my special ability. Oh. Uh, special effect creates a D8 asset of sandstone after images. So basically as I move, they move with me. You can tell they're not me. But it's confusing. So I step forward. T draws his sword, begins to swirl it around. As he does, you'll see stone and dirt and sand and dust begin to swirl up around him. And it puts itself off into five little after images that are all duplicating his movements and kind of spread themselves out around uh, Samia. They won't actually attack, obviously, but they're very distracting. And as he moves, they mimic his movements as he goes around. So that creates a D8. I'll spend my mana pool die to create a D8 asset on the table of sandstone after images. Now, remember, you can only use that one unless you spend a plot point to make it usable by everybody. That's just how the rules work. Yep. In, Here we go. in Cortex. Toss that plot point out there. Okay. That asset is on the table and available yeah. for everybody. Till the end of the scene. And while he's doing that, I step forward after Silas steps back breathing hard and she's on her knee, point my axe at her and give her the glare and say, are you going to tell us what we need to know or do we have to keep this going? I'm going I'm to stare her down. Without some sort of magic, you can't win like her opinion. If you're staring her down, she's, she's only taking a D4 stress. She's not. Wouldn't that be a mental attack? I mean, I guess. Do we not have the fictional positioning for him to make that mental attack yet since there's three of us with sandstone after him just surrounding her? Are you doing it to create a trait on the table, like to unnerve her, or are you doing it to pop the cork and make her tell you everything she knows? My initial idea was to try and see if she was going to talk after being taken to a knee by this person that was fighting her, you know, if she was willing to give up some information. Like, I can tell she's not completely beaten, but I don't know what her mental state is to know, like, like a D4 stress. Like, I don't know if she's got a D4 stress. It wasn't a uh, blistering attack from Silas that, right. that took her out. Um, but she wasn't expecting it. There's three of us, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Also, if you wanted to, you just model it as an, as an emotional attack against her to see if she, to inflict more stress upon her. That's why I said we should probably roll for initiative to get actions going on. Because then that seems like a legit thing. You can do it in Fate. Why can't you do it in Cortex? Yeah, I don't have a problem if your goal is, again, if your goal is to inflict stress or to create a trait, I'm fine with both of those. Yeah. What she's not going to do it's is just roll lose over. a test and tell you, like, her entire right. exposition of clues. Oh, right, right. No, no I get that. Like, it, that's no, fine. On, if he does manage to make that test and roll a D12 stress against her, then, sure. he, then, he, then she does roll I mean, part. that would be her taken out, and Correct. that's different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's why I'm throwing it out there. I will, I will attempt to, you know, to essentially intimidate her into, you know. Right. And this goes back to, I mean, just to be clear, this goes back to intent. What's the mechanical intent here? So if the mechanical intent here is you intend to inflict stress upon her by leaning into her and trying to intimidate her in the current situation, you certainly have the narrative positioning to do it. Yep. And she certainly will roll to resist it because she has zero interest in helping any of you in the current situation she's in. I agree. Excellent. You can all go fucking pound sand for all she cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In which case, she is a D8 difficulty with a D8 distinction, so she is a pool of 3D8, and I will let you right. uh, build up something. I feel like this is going to be emo, so it's D8 for me, and it's definitely Veil-related. That's a six. We're going to be kind of leaning into the renegade side of my persona at the moment for Sins of the Father. It's another D8. And I will uh, take advantage of uh, T's D8 after images. Uh, by way of, I'm assuming narratively, there's like now it looks like a bunch of people surrounding her. Yes. Also, if you want, you can make her take the D4 into her pool for the stress. Oh, absolutely. There you go. Hey, folks, Chris cutting in here. If you have stress rated a D4, it functions just like a complication rated at D4. It goes into the player's dice pool instead of being added to the opposition's dice pool and earns the player a plot point. Then right after the test or contest, it either goes away or if the player rolls a hitch on one of their dice, gets stepped up by one die to a d6 as the injury gets worse. You're intimidating. That's right. Uh, I've got an 11 with a d8. Oh, he crushed you. Oh, that's a 16 <laughs> with a d8. So she looks up at you and like takes a step back to get back up her sword point down at her side. And she's like, oh, yes, I'm going to tell you everything. I can't wait. Like, oh, no, you guys have scared me so much with your 
dirt boys and whatever. She's like, fuck off. And she... No need to be condescending about it. She runs. I figured she would try to run. <laughs> she's, she's definitely going to try to fucking run. I'm going to not let her run if I can. If she's trying to run, I will try to stop her. This, I believe, will be a contest. Sure, that makes sense. Okay. okay. That is fair. Can I ask a question real quick to clarify the situation? She's yep. running. I'm trying to chase her. The contest, I assume all three of us will try to chase her at some point. I mean, I'm next, so I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know how this works with three people chasing one person. I think that's a great question. I think the probable best way to do it is to reduce this to two parties and have them assist. That would keep the dice rolling pretty simple rather than all three of us trying to roll. Or the other way we could do it is she sets and then one of you has to beat it. And or one or more of you have to beat it. Those who beat it remain in the contest. Sure. Because she's just trying to get away and we're trying to stop her. Correct. So we still have to stress her out. Yeah. And in fact, and I don't want to look this up either, but I think because I put the D4 into my pool and got the plot point, I believe her D4 stress disappears. All right. So we're, are we all three going to attempt to chase her down? Well, yes. I'm chasing her. Yeah. I mean, she just books. Like if you're in, you're in. Oh, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I will set this contest poorly that is a four i'm pretty sure all of you will be able to keep up with her when i see her flagging as she starts running away stumbling we're in delaware park right yeah and it's chilly outside yeah it, it was april when we set this i want to create an asset on the table by using my magic mm -hmm. i want to create a sheen of ice out in front of her as an asset for somebody else to use to help stop her uh yeah i would like to use my action to do that so i would like to make it a d8 asset on the table which okay. means that the difficulty should be a d8 plus whatever else sits on the table because i'm trying to do something to the environment um, so, i don't know if there's anything else in the scene that would modify the difficulty uh no all right so anyway i'm gonna park her four because that's what she got and you want to create a d8 asset so i'm just gonna roll a d8 you're rolling against yep i'm gonna use a flameworth d8 veil d8 and geek d10 to mm -hmm. do this this does not provide me by the way a mana die because i'm not attacking with my right. weapon I have achieved a four. Well, I guess I am attacking with my weapon. It will provide me a mana die because I have to use my weapon to actually do this. I got a 13. Yeah. Okay, so. there's a D8 asset on the table for, like, slick. So if anybody wants to try to tackle her using that D8, they can. Okay. Oh, I think I uh, have an idea. All right. Okay. She starts running, which is her four. You make the, uh, the wet-ish kind of April ground slick with ice and cold and water. Mm -hmm. According to the rules, nobody else can use that. I don't have a plot point to spend to make it. Yeah. So never mind. It's for me. I know where it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll use it on next turn. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to run okay. her down. I am going to do jock, and I'm gonna spend my. I'll, I'll do a D8 four on my distinction die to get a plot point back. Sure. I'm not quite sure where I'm. I'm not quite sure what I'm gonna do if I catch her. I'm a little unsure, even though I've got my heart of stone going. I've got a one. I have an eleven with a D10 effect die. So that's going to bump that D10 effect up to a D12 because it's more than five. Yeah, we're in a contest, though. So the 11 is now the current. Okay. Like, uh, you're, you're still... Don't, you're, don't you're, forget your D10 effect die is still sitting yeah, there. Yeah, I got it there. Yeah. And, and he has a one. I, will have a, I have a one if you want to buy it. I think I just might. I'm going to play off of Silas's uh, slick ground. Mm -hmm. You are slipping and sliding. That kind of fits. And that's just a D6. You have tracked through a bunch of this, like ice and like water and stuff like that and you know you're doing a decent job but your footing is your footing is a little compromised as you're chasing her gunny are you also chasing after you damn right <laughs> all right you also need to beat a four i'm hoping that will not be a problem jock uh we are still actively working veil shit here mm -hmm. we'll go veil uh we're using a leaf on the wind which is an eight and I'm spending a plot point to step up a mana pool die when using the movement tag, and I'm giving myself a blast of air from the axe. Little gust jet. Yes, so that is a D10 mana pool die. Goddamn one in there. Well, that's a 13. You two easily are um, keeping up with her, but I will also buy your one, and I'm going to assign you the same slipping and sliding. So that now applies to both of you. All right, and if we just keep this order, it's her turn. So I now have to stay in it to beat at least the uh, 13 in order for her to stay in. You guys have her hemmed in pretty well. Uh, I will take the D6 for slipping and sliding. Those are two ones. Those are out of my pool. That eight and a three is only an 11. Uh, you guys run her down. So we've cornered her. You've cornered her. All right, cool. 
So any attempt for her to get away has been stymied, and she is now once again, like, pinned in by you guys. So in this case, uh, stress probably didn't matter, right? Because that wasn't the stakes that we mm -hmm. set. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify that Correct. for everybody that's Yeah, if, if I had won that contest, like, her she ass was away. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, through the sense. tree line, vanished kind of thing. But because you guys have won, she cannot disengage from this fight. Cool, I'm going to beat on her now, if it's my turn. Mm -hmm. New duel? I don't know that I want to duel her. I guess I do want to duel her. It's weird to duel when there's two other people here. But yeah, we can, yeah, we can exchange it in a quick duel. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I'll duel her. In my dueling, uh, we have to roll for the initiative thing again, right? Yeah. Tonight. I got an 11. I got a three. Cool. Uh, I need a plot point, so I'm going to use um, my ice soul, and it's causing me problems because I'm way too over-emotional in this situation. Sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you're going to tell me where Mesame is. You're going to tell me he's got the golden dagger. You're going to tell me about Jenna. I'm saying way too much right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Way you are. too much. You're at the, t the TMI portion of the yes, fight. Yes, I'm at the TMI portion of the fight. Yep. That is going on. Uh, also, Geek and Vale. I will say this. When you are yelling, uh -huh. you can see your breath, but your face is hot. So I'm hot and it's like cool breath coming out yes. of it. It's great. That's like yep. steam. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, do I want to use magic? Do I want to use a mana die here? I got a D4 and a D8 in my mana pool currently. I'm not going to because I'm just setting. So I've set... I rolled terribly. Um, it's a six with two ones and a D4 effect. You can probably get um, that six. Do you want to buy my ones? Actually, let me pause you for a second. Yeah? Did you take your slick D8? No, I didn't. I should probably okay. roll that, huh? Go ahead, roll that in. It's still a 14 with a D4 effect die and uh, two ones. Two ones. Also, I rolled a 14, so, you know. Oh, I can buy your ones at any time before the next pickup of dice. So let's resolve and see if she can beat your 14. That does not Are look... Are you sure you don't want to buy my one so you can get that die in your pool? Yeah, you know what? I do. I'm just trying to tempt him to give me the plot oh, yeah. right now. I will buy that, and I'm going to buy up, because you've been so emotional, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy up your um, my being angry? upset. And my, my, and my, uh, my rage over Morris's death? Yes. That's so, a D10 now. Yes. You, nice. are, you are losing it emotionally in this yep. fight. And you all see this. By the way, guys, if that gets to a, over a D12 for me, I'm actually taken out of the fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now with that D10, let me pick up uh, and see if I can't beat a 14 here. Did you not beat it? No! And another one. I can't even beat it. Like, I can't even buy my way into can, a success on this. You know this. what? It's only a D4 stress. Oh, boy. All right. Pick up another D4 stress. You have one, so uh, pick up your mana die. I think... I'm just going to bump my four to a six. And I'm also going to bump this 8 to a 10, because that's a thing that can happen. Yes. Because I rolled. And I did not win, so no mana... I did not get anything, so no, I, do I still get a mana die? Uh, you got a mana die for rolling. Put that 6 in my pool. You are the winner. Um, you can choose to continue the duel or disengage. I mean, I can just disengage and let one of them do it, because that's the order, right? Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess my clarity, because we don't really have rules for this for multiple people. Mm -hmm. If you disengage, like, somebody's got to roll plus affiliation again... Somebody has to spend a plot point to jump in because the duel is technically over, right? Like that, that exchange is technically yeah. over for that duel. I'm actually going to disengage because I need to take a breath because I am angry and my face is hot and things are not going well. I jump in. All the bits of my sword come back together and it's almost like melting together a little bit as I'm just pounding her over and over again. And she's blocking it and she's kind of laughing at me because I'm not really hurting her as we have her surrounded, mm -hmm. but uh, she's getting a little bit nervous as I am getting a little bit more fiery. You disengage, and I jump forward quickly, and I yell behind over my shoulder, T, cool him down. Okay. And by disengage, it's Gunny jumps in and pushes me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in for a new round of exchange. We are. Okay. Back to the top. I did not use the um, after images either, so don't forget you can use mm -hmm. the after images. Mm -hmm. Roll plus affiliation. Mm-hmm. See which one of us is going to set here. Well, me. I'm going to set. That's a 16. Yeah, Good I'm roll. fairly confident since I am most likely jockeying and veiling here, which is a pair of sixes. You jump in and she's like, oh, good. She's like, leave Crybaby alone. She's like, now I'll take on Mr. Axe. Good burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she is going to build up her pool. Uh, I have that D6 because you are slipping and sliding. I am in trouble. So I'm going to pick up one of my mana pool D6s. I need to set something. I need to set something strong enough here to scare you off of this fight. It's not bad. Not my best work. That will be a thirteen. All right. And sitting on a D eight, I have a one. I have one plot point. I'm tempted, but 
Dude, there's some serious stuff on the table that you can utilize. There is. We're gonna we're gonna leave that for now. Then you're up thirteen to take this exchange or back down. Feel free to back oh, down. Oh hell to the no! I am not backing down. <laughs> What's the effect die? Uh, D8. I am taking a half a second. I need to get in here because Silas is too hot. He's way too emotional. And then I remember, fight smarter, not harder. It's one of the things that I learned. So I'm geeking it. Geek and Veil. A D8 for the distinction. And I will use my D8 mana pool die and sandstone images. I'm bringing it. Come at me, bro. Eight and five is 13. Plus the plot point makes it an 18 with a D8. Oh, I'm going to just take this as stress. <laughs> yeah, it just bumps your D4 up to a D6 instead of the D8 minus one. Yep. No I, reason to spend a plot point to knock it down. In other words, it still just be a D6. Nope, it's fine. I'm just going to take the yep. D6. Uh, just take the D6 damage because I can't, I can't amass a die pool that's going to get, cons- that reliably will get me over that. Mock all you want. Axe boys, you're not playing. I want to know what smarter, not harder looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not all about wild swings and power. It's maneuvering, building the mana to use the mana pool. You know, it's, it's flourishes, it's faints. Smarter, not harder. Looks like an actual anime. Yeah, there you go. How fancy. Uh, yeah, and with that, um, for that one, you basically, you knock her down. She tumbles on the ground. She gets up partially, like, to shake it off, but she's now, she's now picked up a D6. Does she have an arcane shield? Is she still using her arcane shield? Her arcane shield is, um, what you call it? Her... I, I have her. I have her as just a straight pool. Yeah, I know. I just think it's cool if she has like she's. So at this point, then her at this point, then her shield falls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fun, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I. There's a little. I know. I know they don't work the same way, but there's a there's a narrative like. Yes. So at this point, where she is on her stress track, she has lost her shield. This is that point when you're playing like Halo or something, where all of a sudden your shield goes down, and you're just left with those measly measly life points. I know, right? Yeah. T turns and places one hand on Silas's shoulder. Silas turns and looks, and his face is uh, got like flickers of fire dancing across it as his breath is coming out of steam. Get out of the way, T. Silas, focus. This isn't going to help bring back a friend, and if you burn yourself out here, you're not going to be able to help Mesame later on. Remember that. There's more at stake here than just beating this, this lady down. Gunny's got him trapped. Focus, and we can catch them and get an answer instead of just beating them senseless. Trust me, I want to beat her senseless too, but there's more at stake here. What do we roll? Oh, I think in this case, we're going to need uh, some emos, right? Mm-hmm. My emo's trash. Sure feels like a contest. My emo's sure, good. I feel like it's a, uh, it's a test, test, right? A test. It's a yeah. test. We're and attacking the uh, rage. Yeah, we're attacking. The, so the rage is currently a D10, which yep. goes mm-hmm. to Silas's pool. You guys can pick the appropriate affiliation. I This could be school. This could be veil. I think this is school because this this is friendship. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with that. You could have you could have appealed to duty, but since you appealed to friendship in the narrative, yeah, this isn't about duty. There's the mage magic and the veil magic, but this time friendship is magic. I'm gonna drop the uh, my frozen soul. That's not my own in there too. Are you defouring it? No, no, I hated oh, okay. it. I'm, I'm I go hard at this, man. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna cheat. I do have to D4 in my pool because my emos are D4, but I don't think I get a plot point for that. No, you're yeah. just, you have a yeah. D4 emo. Yeah, I am, I am not very emotionally tuned. I actually need to bump my emo up because I have part of the problem. Oh, the you story, are messy. My, yeah. The story that's going on is like Mesame's magic is about emotions and I can't handle it because I have no control over my emotions. Yes, this is perfect. What else is on the table there? Uh, that's relative to this. Probably yeah, nothing. Nothing really. No, nah, everything else is, I think, more physical. It is. I'm going to spell the pot point. Add another D8 into this pool. I'm going to also rely not just on, on my emo, but also my performer, my ability to, to yeah. talk to you and, nice. and, and actually nice. talk you down. I like it. I like that. We've been friends for a while. So. All right, I'll set. Uh, I got a 10 because there's no effect because the effect is D10. Yep. I also rolled a 1. Oh, we crushed it. I do have a 1. I have a 16 with a D8 effect die. First, let me handle moving Silas's trait down to a D8. Yes, that is that is where that goes because you didn't exceed it. I did exceed it. No. Yeah, you can't get rid of it. It's unfortunate if you have, if that wasn't a one, you could have spent a plot point to yep. get rid of it. Yep. Uh, and then the ones. So I guess I could buy those ones. You could mm-hmm. buy these ones. Mm-hmm. I like plot points. We already established that this is a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the thing that I did to the to Gunny. Yep. And Silas. So oh, create some tension between yep. them. Each take a point. Can, yep. can it be? Uh, I got an idea. Unless you got an idea. No, good. Throw it. It up. is uh bucking his leadership he's trying to trying to lead us and i'm like no i like that and i will buy that at a mere d6 
You two are just a little annoyed with each other because he pulled you out of the fight. I take a look at you as you say that, and I suck in the breath, and it's still steaming, and there's still flickers of fire in my eyes, but I take a deep breath, and I'm like, you're not wrong, but you've been fairly incompetent at getting us to do what we need to do, so step off, and I step away from him. Oof. Oof. Jeez. Seriously, that's what you're going to throw right now? And he steps right back in on him. Mm, that's nice. We'll come back to this in another turn. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us for Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shoutouts to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Prunty, also known as Lord Timemonger. Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord Out of Time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress. Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard, and J.T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian. Other patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Freilich, Eric Simon, Fiona, Not That Billy Mitchell, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Noll, Carlos, Heptilemma, Michael Draper, Kupanu, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not My Brett, but someone's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. Want some more? Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP. There's a bunch of bonus episodes. There's our after show, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, our MM Plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, the Children of the Shroud, my game development notes for the Lamplighter system are on there, our character sheets are on there, our mod stuff is on there, all sorts of stuff is on there, and you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thaco with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of those shows, Thaco with Advantage. Angie and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together, they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign drill and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you'll never use. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their 5th edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, How to RPG is by Sean P. Kelly of Gaming MBS. It's one of my favorite things going on on the internet on YouTube right now. And if you want a variety of games to talk about, go check it out over there. He is live on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, with that, this has been a Mr. Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.